Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 576 for December 20th, 2018. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. And this week, I am happy to bring back probably the most frequent guest on Chit Chat that we've ever had, Dr. Marianne Gary. She is a professor at the University of Waikato, Waikato, Waikato? Waikato. Waikato in New Zealand. And uh, she's also known as the crusher of dreams. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Gary. Thank you. Thank you. I've been, this is my 575th appearance. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. So It's gone by so fast. We have gone out of our way to have incredibly intellectual, intelligent discussions of memory and um, attention. We've discussed all kinds of deep, meaningful uh, mm. topics. Mm. That This uh, is the best one. This is the best one. Yeah. We're going to rant about things that bother us and other people's grammar. Right. Yeah. Not our grammar. <laughs> no, no, because we're flawless grammarians. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to rant about other people, but then Allison had to rein me in. <laughs> so um, I was thinking about doing this actually on Facebook. I was going to do a thing where I would throw out a, uh, a a grammar thing that bothered me and tell people they're allowed to add as many of, of their own pet peeves as they want, but they had to wait for somebody else to inter inter uh, inter slice one of theirs right so they had to take turns and marianne said well no let's just do it on the podcast this yeah. would be awesome <laughs> yeah it would be well it is going to be so the hard part was for us to decide how to take turns so we actually have a a defined list of topics and we are not going to vary off of these at all there'll be no tangents correct no it's just going to be very clinical and just kind of dispassionate concise because that's how we are <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to let you start the first one. What was your uh, your number one, your first topic you wanted to bring up? Yeah, this is going to be hard because it's hard to talk about grammar and syntax while still having someone uh, not having an explicit tag on your podcast. <laughs> but okay, people can just fill in the space. Uh, I'm pretty cheesed off about the misuse of the apostrophe, Allison. Really? Uh, yeah. in, in what kind of context? Oh, all kinds of contexts in which the apostrophe means something. <laughs> One of my friends said she's decided that people today think an apostrophe means an S is approaching. <laughs> so what I've noticed is that either people, and by people often I mean students, but okay, whatever. Either don't. Oh, you have to read a lot of other people's papers, right? Yeah, or emails or whatever, and it's just... Sometimes there's an apostrophe that doesn't belong there, and then other times there's no apostrophe, and yeah, so it's just... So you're talking about like the contraction it is to apostrophe us, yeah, and that's might the leave most that off. That's like one of the most common ones. I think they put yeah. it in all the time when they don't yeah, mean it, right? Yeah. Or uh, the thing I've noticed in the past, it seems to be random. I mean, it's near an S. It's not, except like... <laughs> an S is coming. Or like another another contraction. Like for some reason, the contraction I'm, you know, for I am... Right. ...is also now appearing without an apostrophe. Also with... Wait, people are writing I am with... And they don't mean instant message? Right. Oh, they don't even capitalize the I. It's just I'm... And like, I can't even read... <laughs> Look... My friend writes back and says something like, I think your keyboard's broken. You should get that checked. <laughs> See, I think my problem is that now since uh, the computer always corrects it for me, 
I never capitalize I'm because I know it's just going to capitalize it for right, me. Right, right, And I put in a uh, text expander snippet for the letter I because I'm not going to be bothered typing shift, I, space, ba- well, why not just type the I and have it fix it for me? Yeah. If there's an I by itself, it's going to be capitalized. That probably saves years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Do you know there's a society for the protection of the apostrophe? <laughs> there is. In Britain, we of course, join it's the, in Britain. Oh, yeah, Britain's going to come up a lot in yeah. this whole rant. Yeah. Because they just go off in their own little rails here from time yeah. to time. I got to say, British people, no. <laughs> Although, Oxford comma for the win. Well, we can all agree on that at least, yeah. right? Well, so I want to add... Good thinking, people. I want to think on the... Uh, I want to I add on to the apostrophe, though. One of the things that drove me nuts was when my daughter Lindsay explained to me that the possessive of her son's name would be apostrophe yes. Her son's name is Forbes. Mm. So Forbes's blanket. Forbes's blanket. It's actually got extra syllables. It's got this UZ, this uz at the end of it. Right. And I really, really, really want to just say Forbes blanket. And so I looked up the rule. I was like, you can't be right. But as she often is, she was right. And mm. what I found was in where I'd heard about this originally was uh, in biblical uh, or even classical names, they don't add the apostrophe. So like Jesus' disciples, it do, it has an apostrophe, but you don't say apostrophe S. You don't add the S because that's just like a whole bunch of S's. It's too many. So for a long time, it was regular people, if, you know, if it'd be Forbes's, but then it would be Jesus or Sophocles. It would not be Sophocles's. So then they changed it again. And I found this one uh, actually in Grammar Phobia. I found the reference to that. If the name ends in E's, and it's a classical name, then you you put in the apostrophe S, yes, but you don't pronounce it. So it's Sophocles' book, but you spell it Sophocles' is. Isn't that awesome? Uh, I don't Who can follow that? Who can follow that? But it sounds dumb to have that extra is on the end of it, doesn't it? I don't. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. It doesn't bother you at all? Say no. Forbes' bunny. Forbes' bunny. I mean, because otherwise it's like all the Forbes. It doesn't, it doesn't, (laughs) I'm okay okay with that. It's got a certain kind of symmetry to it. Fine. If you're not going to rant with me, you do your next one. Sandy agrees with me. Oh. Sandy's my Twitter best friend. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's my wing woman. Is she? Yeah. Not anymore, Allison. She's mine now. We're going to have to talk about that. Okay. All right. What do you got next? Oh. Myself used other than reflexively. So when people say, uh, I, like I, I have trouble coming up with examples on the spur of the moment here, but it's like uh, we went to the store. John and myself went to the store. Oh, oh. You know, so myself is supposed to be used reflexively, which means it's like I, myself, something, 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 something. Would you say I bought myself yeah. A book. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's reflexive. But not Allison and myself recorded this podcast. It sounds like, again, well, first of all, it sounds like you're in Ireland and it's the 14th century, right? <laughs> like so hey, proper. Bart. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 But it's it's wrong. One of the things I like about being uh, annoyed by other people's grammar is uh, that Steve is in on this game. And uh, so we are constantly yelling at the television or podcast when we hear people say it wrong. 
you'll hear Steve's biggest pet peeve is when people use I as the object of the preposition instead of me. So they say, uh, it should be Bart and I go to the store or it can be, wait a minute, let me get the right. It is hard to come up with the example. on the Yeah, it it? is. Um, We should have planned for class. (laughs) We did take notes, but we didn't put the examples in. So, uh, Bart and me went to the store would be wrong. Bart and I went to the store is right, correct because right. I is the subject of the sentence. Right, uh, the subject of the of the yeah the subject of the verb. But if it's the object of the preposition, like, uh, boy, why can't I come up with an example? I don't know because I should have had this one written down. You know, anyway, this is just we're just going to put this responsibility on the the audience to they come know up. What the yeah, they know, is. or they can just read about. It. Right, right. And, and, you know, I'm sure partway through I'm going to suddenly remember this one. But all the time you will hear Steve yell out, uh, he'll go, me, when they should have said me and they said I yeah. instead. It's a, it's this, these are th- actual things. Oh, oh, I do. I do. I did have a written example. I should read my own notes. So you're supposed to say she is smarter than me. Oh, right. But you don't what really bothers me about this so than is the is the preposition me is the object of the preposition so people say smarter than i right but the weird thing is you're supposed to say smarter than i am because for some reason now you've been allowed to throw a whole extra verb into the sentence she is smarter than i am yeah that bothers me too <laughs> yeah it's a little clunky yep uh-oh i accidentally put two of mine in a row i guess well you yours was just now. this this was just you're representing Steve, so you can really go on to the next okay, one. Okay, so I that think. could have been an S. You're gonna allow it? Yeah, I'll I'll allow. I'll allow. <laughs> All right. So Oh, but I was gonna say I think this myself thing comes from as it's been explained to me, although this is probably someone's hunch rather than this is not coming from any actual research I've done. But uh there's this in in, in places like Ireland and in Britain, there there was at least a strong cultural preference to not referring to yourself. Oh, so you would refer to yourself as herself, for example. Oh, when really? talking about yourself, yeah. So it, I mean, maybe it comes from that. I don't know. Again, crusher of dreams, not linguist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like how some of ours were actually really pedantic about the re- the correct way to say it, and the other ones were just questioning why it's that way. Yeah, why is it why? It's our show. We can say whatever we want, right? So my single biggest pet peeve is the misuse of the word uh, further and farther. This is really your single biggest pet peeve? It is. Really? Lo- in grammar. In grammar. In gra- really? Oh, yeah. There's is other it? bigger pet peeves. Yeah. So people wow. okay. always say further when they mean farther. If you're if you're going distance, it is always farther. Further is metaphorical. It's like in concept, you know, should we discuss this further? Oh. But if it's distance... The, the word far right. is distance, right? right. You don't say, you, you wouldn't say, uh, I'm going to go, uh, you know, how far do you want to run? Well, if you do, you're not even listening to this show, right? <laughs> yeah, particularly if you say it like that. Right, right. So just think far is distance, farther is what it is. And all day long, uh, watching TV and, and listening to podcasts, I'm yelling out, further, it's further, stop saying farther. Yeah. Or farther, mm. and further. people overuse further. Mm. It's very irritating. Mm. I don't like that. It. Reminds me of something that isn't on the list, but Uh-oh. you know the difference between number and like number and amount. Oh, right. right? Is oh, that's one of Steve's big ones. 
Yeah, yeah. So like you say... Um, the amount of people instead of the number of people. Right. Just, oh, I... The one is, yeah, because if you can count it, it's a, it's a number. Right. If you can't... That's why we have numbers. <laughs> well, so it, uh, there's an example you can do with like potatoes versus mashed potatoes or a potato. Give me some potatoes. Right. That's a good one. What's the other example though? If it's if it's number of oh wait no it's Give me I have a num- no no I just did it wrong yeah because oh. I have a number of potatoes right or some mashed potatoes yeah there I almost got it wrong yeah. and that would have been hate mail for sure some amount of mashed potatoes some amount of mashed potatoes right, right versus right. some actual number of potatoes countable yeah cu- quantized number. yeah right if it's quantized use number right that's actually a really really good one <sighs> it drives me crazy. Okay, so your next one, I'm not really sure what the context of this one is. Explain this one to me. Well, and again, back to this, I can't think of an example right now, and I really should have put it in here. But if people just Google which versus that and don't go to a British site because it is wrong, (laughs) people of Britain. uh, And sometimes you'll see this particular idea referred to as going on a witch hunt. Ha, ha, ha. And that's which hunt she yeah. is saying right there. Um, so the idea is that in the U.S. we use that, not in a restrictive clause, so like a uh, – so if you say something like your iPad, which is on the table, is much prettier than my iPad, that's fine. Uh, and now I can't think of the counterexample, right, But but it would be – uh, in in that is almost in the U.S. in writing that is almost the only example in which you would use which when it can be offset by commas right, uh, but in other places it's which 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 all over the place and so it's an interesting how there's some things that are just wrong and there's some things that are wrong because of you know context f- freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. So I still haven't gotten the context, but I just found on Writer's Digest um, the example they gave was our office, which has two lunchrooms, is located in Cincinnati. Right. That's right. But yeah. then it says they, they're saying these two sentences mean something different. Yeah. Our sentence that our, our office that has two lunchrooms is located in Cincinnati. These sentences are not the same. The first sentence tells us that you just have one office. And it's located in Cincinnati. Right. The clause, which has two lunchrooms, gives us additional information, but doesn't change the meaning of the sentence. Right. Remove that clause and the location of your one office would still be clear. Our office is located in Cincinnati. Yep. The second sentence, our office that has two lunchrooms is located in Cincinnati. Oh, it's the specific lunchroom. Yeah. Yeah. The office that I'm talking about is the one that has two lunchrooms. Yeah. 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 And so typically... Typically, if you're in the U.S. and uh, and or you're writing for an audience or you're in my lab, <laughs> you're rarely going to use which. That's just how, what I. So just stay away from which. Uh, mostly, unless it, unless it's something that you could offset by commas like that. Yeah, uh, but like I say, in in other countries, this rule will be different. Um. I don't even know if it's a rule in other countries so much as, as uh, you know, we can get to this meaning. towards at the end. But there is an interesting basis for the evolution of uh, the differences in both 
well, in grammar and syntax and even spelling in the United States that has to do with the political origins of the country and the founding of the country relative to to Britain. Um, but I've got that <laughs> I've got that noted at the end. One thing I'd Webster's like the dictionary. audience to note is that I am very carefully putting in these reference materials because I know many of you are going to want to research this further. Oh yeah, correct. Yeah, and send a paper. <laughs> yeah, as you should. Exactly. If they're really, I'm sure about- we're going to get a whole bunch of people going. Uh, actually, <laughs> well, actually, yeah, I actually. really hope people add their pet peeves. I have a feeling this one's going to be fun. I hope so too. One of the ones that drives me nuts is antennas versus antennae. Okay, if it's a bug, it's got antennae. Mm. But if it's anything else, any kind of electromagnetic antenna, like like a cell tower, has two antennas. A radar antennas, antennas on your TV back in the 1950s. It's got an S on it. And its antennae is only uh, is only for bugs, unless guess what? Unless you're in the UK, in which case it can go either way. Yeah. Well, because again, they're they're lazy, really, just lazy with the. Well, they're anyway. just stuck in there. I don't know what century they're stuck in, but it's the same. Like a lot of words. In in the UK, in Australia, in New Zealand, in other places that adopt, you know, that basically flow more closely from the UK and never went that whole you were over you kind of thing like we did, uh, do f- things like that to their spelling at the end. Or even in other words, like, but again, this is, uh, we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into this <laughs> at the end when I start waxing lyrical about Noah Webster. Oh, okay. We're just going to, we're waiting to go off the rails. We're yeah. staying on our targeted yeah, focused. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're staying focused. I'm going to come back to that. <laughs> All right. So th- uh, the next two, you and I just uh, have two words that drive us bananas, and I think they might be the same problem. Why don't you do yours first? Um, look, again, again, it's all about American English. So... Which, you know, is, as I said, freedom English. So the Merriam-Webster Dictionary will tell you that the word orientate is a word. No, it isn't. Mm. It's ridiculous. I know. It is ridiculous. So when I first moved to New Zealand and people kept saying orientate, at first I thought it was my friend's little quirk. And then other people started saying it. So then I thought it was just sort of this quirk of this department I was in. But then I would read it. Like, why is everyone doing this? But it turns out... Where we would say orient, then uh, a lot of what flows from British English is often orientate. Or it could be a mix. So it could be orient, orientate. And so now I read this thing in preparation. Here's some research I did. Research, meaning Google. Uh, from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, orientate is a synonym of orient. So it didn't even occur to me because orient meant, you know, basically to... Like I want to, to face orient, in a particular direction. I want to right? orient myself in the room. I want to orientate myself yeah. in the room. That's a real, yeah. you're allowed to say that. Well, not, again, not in my house. <laughs> or your <laughs> so, lab. Or my lab. <laughs> so here's what it says. Both forms, orient and orientate, have broader meanings that relate to setting or determining direction or position. Some critics dislike orientate because it is one syllable longer than orient. That's not why. I dislike it. I dislike it because it's stupid. But whatever. <laughs> Uh, but you can decide for yourself how important that consideration is to you. That's what this says on the website, but that's not also cr- – um, 
that's not true if you're in my lab. Personal choice is the primary deciding factor. Mm, with the caveat, again, if you're in my lab, no. Although oriente tends to be used more often in British English than it is in American English. There you go. So uh, it's, it's, it, orient dates back to the mid-18th century, right? So it's the older version, uh, but orientate is from the mid-19th century. So it's not like it just sprung oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Right, 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 right. And, you know, just so we don't get too cocky and be like, oh, so the American form is the proper form because it came first. You can look up aluminum and aluminum. Yeah, whatever, Alistair. No, he's, I'm he's, with he's them gonna, on aluminum. Yeah, I mean, that came first. We, and we are the, there's like us and one other country on the globe that changed it to aluminum. Yeah, I th- right. I think we're wrong on that one. I really, right. I'm I'm with them on a, I, in fact, I've started saying aluminum just to Have irritate you? people. Really? Yeah, Yeah. I don't like it. I like the streamlined thing. I like, I prefer my spelling streamlined, except for <laughs> words like color. I, I quite like the U. The U? And yeah, harbor. I feel, I feel harbor. fancy. Yeah, I feel fancy too. <laughs> So along with, I didn't do any research because I'm not a researcher like you, right, clearly. Right. So you um, don't know how to use Google. I could show you how to do that. Not at all. Yeah. Is the word commentate and commentator. So you got somebody who watches a football game, they're a commentator. Why aren't they just a commenter? Right. What is that extra syllable for? I don't for? know. It has no value. That's a good But qu- it's a real It has word. no value. That's right. Why? Why throw? Why? I don't know. I should look that one up because I'm sure people are going to want the uh, the reference material for this discussion, right? Well, I think it's just basically what we say. We shouldn't <laughs> say that. I hope you don't let them say that in your lab. No. I don't want to hear commentator, commentator in my podcast. How about that? Can okay. I do that? Yeah, you can do that. There you go. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what your next one is. Oh, comma splice? What's a well, comma splice? Well, I have great, great, great love for the key... The punctuation mark that many of my students now seem to think is wink face. Oh. And is, of course, the beloved semicolon. Oh, they think that the semicolon means wink face? Well, no. I mean, they just don't know what it is. So they don't know how to use it. So if you take two clauses that could stand alone and you separate them, not by a semicolon as God intended, but by a comma, it's called a comma splice. Oh. Yeah. So, and the nice thing about a semicolon, and then also even a colon in some instances, is that it can, it, it's not only is it, it, it like used properly, it it can convey a sense of drama and join things, join clauses together, and and uh, of course, punctuation exists to reduce ambiguity as well. That's its primary function to eliminate ambiguity. That's why we have the book about you know eat shoots and leaves, uh, <laughs> right. So, um, so, but also g- well-placed punctuation can do more than create ambiguity. It can create, I mean, resolve ambiguity. It can create some nice flow and drama and, and help the reader. So a comma splice is when you use, like an example of a comma splice is when you use a comma to separate two independent clauses instead of separating them with a semicolon, as you are supposed to do. I have a confession to make. Yes. My text expander snippet uh, trigger is a semicolon because I never use them. <laughs> but actually, I've started using them lately. I've started realizing, oh, yeah, that's what they're for. I'm sorry. I'm, I was going to do a mic drop, but I knew that you'd be angry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really, I, I didn't know. I feel terrible. Mm. I, I will always use, I will use semicolons every place I use a comment from now on. 
Just semicolons all over the place. See, that's okay. Now you've created another problem, <laughs> but you'd be trying. <laughs> all right. So here's my next one. I hate it when people throw S's on the ends of words that aren't supposed to have S's. And the, and the worst one is Nordstrom's. Guess what? It's not Nordstrom's. It's Nordstrom. It never has had an S. It was never supposed to have an S. Nobody said it was going to have an S. It's Nordstrom's. And maybe if you had a, a you wanted to do pes, possessive on Nordstrom's, you could say Nord's, Nordstrom's parking lot, right? Well, you wouldn't have to because it doesn't have an S on the end. You would just say Nordstrom's. Oh, actually, you're right. I just said that wrong. Mm. <laughs> so um, my friend Eric was really, really funny. And it, he said Nordstrom's to me once. And I got really angry with him and I, I told him that that was wrong. And so from that day forward, for say the next decade or so, he would add the an S to names that were not supposed to have them and take them off where they were supposed to be. So there's a grocery store chain here called Ralph's. He always called it Ralph. He'd say, I'm going over to Ralph. And then he would go to Savon's because Savon's doesn't have an S. In fact, he would write his checks to Ralph. Unfortunately, he passed away. And from that, back when I used to write checks, I always wrote my checks to Ralph. But there you go. I wonder if people would say they're going to Nordstrom's, uh, like, as parenthetically, like, Nordstrom's shoe department. Well, it's like you'd say Macy's. Oh, yeah. Which does have an apostrophe. Right. Doesn't it? Yeah. I think it's Macy apostrophe S. So it was William H. Macy. Right. 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 Macy's department store. But it's not Nordstrom apostrophe S. It just isn't. Right. Just don't say it. Hmm. Okay, you've got to, you use all these official terms like comma splice. Your next one says dangling modifiers. I don't know what that is. Well, we've got something in the show notes, but I can illustrate it with an example. Uh, a couple examples, actually. So here, here's one. The child ate a cold dish of cereal for breakfast is wrong because cold is modifying the dish, which is not really probably what you mean to say. What you probably mean to say is the child ate a dish of cold cereal for breakfast. Right? So the, Re- the Revenge is a dish best served cold? Oh, no. Yeah. So, the, so <laughs> you see, and then that's one, that's one example. My biggest pet peeve that comes into this category is using the word only in the wrong place. Like, oh. I only ate a bit of chocolate. Is not what you mean to say. What you mean to say, because that means all I ate was chocolate and a tiny amount of it. That's what that sentence means. What you probably mean to say is I ate only a bit of chocolate. And so the rule that I always tell with my students is that you, if you take the word only out and you can put in the word but and it makes sense, then it's it right. It's right. So you can... It, See, so if you say, I but ate a bit of chocolate, doesn't that sounds idiotic. So if you said, I ate but a bit of chocolate, it sounds like, you know, you think you're Shakespeare, but it, <laughs> but it still sounds right, you know? Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah, so only is one of these words that very frequently shows up in the wrong place you know what's in hard, writing. The, what's hard about that one is when you, the way you describe the first sentence, I only ate a bit of chocolate, sounds like the only thing you ate was a bit of chocolate. I got you. Yeah, that's what's wrong. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But on the second one, I can't tell how it's really different. I ate only a bit of chocolate. To me, that still says that's the only thing you ate. But I think you're saying it it actually means of the chocolate that I ate, it was just a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's modifying just the, you know, chocolate. 
Well, luckily, neither you nor me would ever say this sentence because a no, bit of chocolate. No, I don't even know what that means. I mean, it's just like some words I, I would giant, never string together. I only ate a giant bit of chocolate. Yeah. I only ate a massive bit of chocolate. Yeah. I, I ate only a massive bit. Allison is having a go at me because yesterday I ate an entire <laughs> chocolate bar, 100% like dark ounce? chocolate. It was like punching myself in the face repeatedly. And I felt sick for a good four hours. But I really liked it because she drank decaf coffee as she pounded on more yeah, caffeine. Yeah, just than she's a harm a reduction, we call that in psychology. Oh, okay. So it's mm. like when you see a, a heavy set person eating a uh, giant burger and french fries, but they have a Diet Coke with them. Yeah. That's harm reduction. That's harm reduction. It isn't really It's ironic. like a needle exchange program. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, one of my one of my big pet peeves is when people use adjectives when they should be using adverbs. So, an adjective is a word that modifies a noun. Mm. So, a green dress. Green is an adjective, dress is a noun. So, green modifies a uh, dress. Uh, but an adverb is a word that modifies a verb, hence the adverb in it. So, uh, the example I gave was uh, just the other day, I heard a newscaster say, he walked fast. Luckily, the other newscaster referenced- A commentator? A commentator, yes. A news commentator, Mm. uh, after they orientated themselves, only said, um, the other newscaster referenced what the first guy said, but he said it correctly. He said he walked quickly. Mm. Usually, if you see L-Y, that's usually an adverb, so you're pretty good on that. That's kind of a good general rule. That's not always true. But uh, So, he walked fast is incorrect. He walked quickly is correct. And I am super anal about this rule- but yesterday I discovered, as I was working on these show notes, actually, I stopped to do something else. And um, I discovered so, uh, something that I say incorrectly. See? Say incorrectly. I don't say it incorrect. I say it incorrectly because well that modifies done. my verb. Yes. Um, I was reading the Creaseed manual for the app Hydra that I, was, uh, that I reviewed on the show. and it's I a have camp- no idea what you just said. What? Creaseed. I, I understood oh, manual. Creaseed is a company. Oh. They they've created an application called Hydra, and I reviewed it on the on the podcast oh, right. last week. Okay, so it's a camera, or one of their apps is they've got two apps named Hydra. It's really confusing, but the one for the iPhone is a is a camera app, and in the manual it said hold the camera steadily. Oh, very nice. And I realized, well done. I always say hold the camera steady. Oh yeah, and that's incorrect. Yeah. Because you're modifying how you're holding it, and hold is a verb, mm. so it should be the verb, it should end in L-Y, mm. it should be hold the camera steadily. So I, I, it's good to confess these things. But do you, you think, find your own flaws. Do you, do you think that it's interesting to think about what slack we give people when we're just having conversation rather than in writing? No, there's no slack. There's no given. slack. Never. Okay. No. I mean, if All you right. say think different... It's going to bother me always, 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 always. It was should have been think differently. Yeah, I know that actually always bothered me. I I couldn't even hang up the poster. I just I just kept wanting to walk around with a marker. Wait, did you put actually in the right place? I don't know. But so do you? <laughs> that only but bothered but that me. That was a campaign ad. A deliberate. Oh, it drove me nuts. But but even in speaking, see, there are some things that even in just regular speaking, when people say them incorrectly, it drives me nuts. Like the number. You know, versus the mount versus. Yeah. But there are other things like if you say, like I just said, like, and you're not supposed to say like, like, but if you say, um, if you put only in the wrong place in speaking, it's kind of like when you're in speaking mode, you're thinking as you go along. Right. So you don't have time to. uh... You don't have time and it just doesn't work really work that way. But when you're writing, I mean, you 
no, for the love of God, just take some care, people. Right. <laughs> um, actually, well, actually, actually. <laughs> um, that's a, a perfect example that where people do it all the time is when you leave to drive home, people say, drive safe. Oh, see, I no, don't know. Drive safely. Say drive safely. See? See? Yeah. Wouldn't you punch me in the kidney if I said drive safe? I would. I would. But you just like to drive, punch me in the kidney anyway, so that so that's good. Um, shoot, you made me think of something. Oh, the example, we didn't put it in here, but one of the ones that uh, really bothers me is uh, that you are now allowed to end, end a sentence in a preposition. I'm not that taking bothers it from you? Yeah, because you were you're not supposed to end with up or on or above or out or after. Those are all uh, prepositions. You know, you know, I made this up. Well, actually, that's a bad example. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know how you would do that one, but there's a famous example of Winston Churchill was, gave a speech, and yes. a woman came up to him afterwards, and she said, "I know you know this one, but I'll tell the audience." A woman came up to him and said that uh, pointed out the ended ended a sentence in a preposition, and he said that is the kind of insolence up with which I shall not put. Yes, it's so good, and it was great because it did illustrate how that one. You know what? Just sometimes you just got to do it. He said something that has nothing to do with grammar. That is one of my. I just sometimes think about it and laugh. But he was doing something. I don't know. Some woman said to him, "Mr. Churchill, you are drunk." And he said, I am drunk, madam. And you, I think he said something like, and you are ugly. And in the morning, the difference is, I will be sober. <laughs> <laughs> I actually heard somebody use that joke something just the other like day that. for the first time. It was something like that. Oh, I love it. Well, in terms of words uh, being misused, I'm going to confess something. I had a party on Saturday night, and I um, uh, had a lot of leftover food. And I might have been drinking a little bit during the party. And I gave. I had my housekeeper there helping clean up and stuff. And afterwards, I gave her a bunch of the leftover food. Mm-hmm. And I had this giant tray of cannelloni. Oh, cannelloni are these little desserts, right? Mm. They're like little. No, pastries. Allison, no. No, I did it. I'm still doing it wrong. Cannoli. Oh, it's killing me. So I always get this wrong. So cannoli is the is the dessert. Cannoli are cannoli oh, are. Oh, cano- oh, we're gonna get cannoli into that. Are it's cannolo is one. My father, man, if he were here, he'd be like. Uh, Punching my other kidney. I have seen him in a shop correcting people about the difference between biscotti and biscotto. <laughs> and I wanted to just slither away. <laughs> okay, so not only did I say the, the pasta, not the dessert. Right. What's even better was I know I have trouble remembering which word this was. So I had a tray of cannoli because there were many of yes, them. Yes, you had a tray of cannoli. Cannoli. And I gave them to my housekeeper's husband, who was going to be driving her home. And she told me the next day that I called them colonoscopies. <laughs> That's even. I would rather I'm you call them colonoscopies than cannelloni. I think I will always they're... refer to them as that when I order them. Uh-huh. I would like some. Uh, wait, what's plural or singular colonoscopy? Right. Okay, good. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Uh-huh. Uh, so wrong. So that one was off the ra- That was all by itself. So uh, what's your next one? Sentence fragments. You know, these things that people write and it's just missing a a verb or something. It's just oh, but a, they put it in writing? It's a piece like just, of a sentence. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's like this is not even a sentence. That's harmful. It's, it is harmful. It is harmful. Uh, it's harmful to my health. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's, it, yeah. Reminds me of an English teacher I had who told me I I forgot to close a parenthesis once. Parentheses? 
I forgot to close my parentheses. And parenthesis, I think. It's probably I forgot to add the second parenthesis, mm. but I forgot to close mm. my parentheses. And yes. uh, it's really hard to be us, guys. Can you it, imagine it all is. day long? This is what's going on in our heads. Yeah. Um, so I went to close my parentheses. I did not close it and them. And uh, my English teacher said, if I come to a, an open parenthesis and I never see the second one, I figure the rest of the book is, an, uh, is a parenthetical expression and I don't need to read the rest yeah, of it. Well, that's right. <laughs> right. By the way. I have heard people, and again, I think hitting on, hating on you, British, etc. But I've heard people refer to these parentheses as brackets. Oh, and Bart, I'm like, I've gotten into oh, that. Oh hell no! Because brackets, they're like Watch round brackets. Yeah. No. Yeah. No round brackets. You mean parentheses? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then there's actual square brackets, which are more properly called brackets. And the one above that, by the way, those are called squirrely brackets. Are they? I call them set sign. Set sign. Oh, yeah. Well, bring in the math. Of number theory. There you go. Yeah. Bart and I got into this big discussion on that because we were doing programming by stealth, and it was really important for him to be clear in explaining which shape he was saying. So, if and did he does you say, say round bracket? If he said bracket, he would say round bracket. But I think I'm not sure what he usually. I says. don't even. Like I would be. I am looking at my keyboard with no idea what you're saying. It just would make me crazy. <laughs> Mm-mm. I like Mm-mm. it. I like it. But I named them squirrely brackets and I got Bart to start. They're actually calling, I think they call them like squiggle brackets or something like that. But I call them squirrely brackets and it makes people mm-hmm. laugh. So Open set, good. close set. I don't know. That's just what I, I don't know what they're actually called. Yeah, because in set theory, that is exactly what you would do. Mm. I like it. I like it. Well, that was another free one. That one wasn't even on that our list. That was a bonus. Right? Yeah, they're getting a lot of free ones. Okay, my next one. I love this story. This one's long and convoluted, so you can probably put down your mic, go get a drink of water, take off for a little while. I go have a nap. So um, a long, long time ago, I said, if I was about something, and Steve said, no, it's if I were. And he corrected me. And, you know, he seems to know what he's talking about on a fair number of things that they're, oh, huh, who knew? Okay. So I started saying, if I were, if it were, consistently. And then I was reading a book by a woman named Joanne Fluke. Uh, She's written books such as Chocolate Chip Cookie Murder. She's a great author. Anyway, the main character in her book is a grammar buff. And I saw the character, I read the character say, if it was, instead of if it were. So I I happened to know her because Lindsay wrote an email to her and we got to meet her and everything and she's become a friend. And so I immediately start banging out this angry email to her about that. I can't believe she let this character make a grammar error. And then because I actually like to back up what I have to say, I decided I better pull the reference from some grammar source. So I go online and I start searching and I discover that this is the most wonderful grammar rule in the world. It is so convoluted, you'll never get it right. But it turns out if it was and if it were are both correct in different circumstances. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, it, it has to do with the subjunctive mood. So the subjunctive mood, I'm, I'm quoting from uh, writingexplained.org. The subjunctive mood is a verb form that is used for unreal or hypothetical statements. It's made up of the phrases I were, he were, she were, it were. So uh, you often use this form if you are being wishful. 
So if I were a rich man, exactly, exactly, because you're you're wishful of that, but it's improbable or unlikely to be true. Yeah. So I would say if I was to go to the party on Saturday, I would wear my green dress. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true because I wouldn't wear a dress, but uh, I would wear my green pants mm. because that could be true. It's not wishful. I'm discussing a certain situation. But if I uh, I could say if I were 20 years younger, I would go out with him. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I probably wouldn't because Steve would get mad. But if the wishful thing is when you say if it were or if I were and it, it turns out it gets really complicated in the other cases, it's like always were if it's plural because it's they were, they as never was. I would just write around this. I would not. Just, I would just, just avoid it. Skip the whole sentence yeah. altogether. Huh? I would anyway, I'd I, be like, let's say. Oh, the punchline of the story with, with Joanne Fluke is I had written this angry email. Then I had to back up and I wrote her the whole story of how I was going to correct her. But then I decided not to correct her. But I found this research and I wrote it to her. And she said, Allison, this is my favorite grammar rule in the world. And in fact, I wrote a mystery novel once where the way the the uh, protagonist found, figured out who cre- conducted the murder was uh, because the guy said, if I was to have shot him, I would have used a revolver. And that is true, not, 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 uh, not fictional, and therefore, and she said she decided not to do it because she figured nobody would get it. But I would have gotten it. You, yeah, you would have gotten it. <laughs> yeah, you would. All right, what do you got? Uh... Well, this might have, I might have, maybe I should have brought this up earlier, but it's another example of mispositioning of a modifier. I was just so, maybe it just belongs earlier, but uh, I, I find people sprinkling adverbs. I'm just, first of all, adverbs are mostly terrible things. <laughs> Why? Uh, but people use them all over the place. It's just, do you really need to say I'm sadly unable to attend? It's just like... Well, that's more polite than saying I'm unable to attend just sounds terse, doesn't it? Does it? Maybe sadly I am unable to attend would be correct. Well, just. (laughs) Isn't that just being polite? Like I'm I'm disappointed. There's a lot of, well, I think over the years what you see is that people have started inserting these little modifiers in there. Like, and and, uh, they're quite fluffy and. And it starts to detract from the meaning of things. So, for instance, if you're going to insert sadly or tragically or amazingly, it's just, oh, why don't you just say what I you're going to say, you know? It's just, okay. Anyway, that's that's a bit of a letdown. I understand. So, we All should right. go on. Okay. So, here's something that bothers me about grammar. When grammar tools tell you you're wrong, but you're not wrong. I don't know what's going on, but lately Apple's built-in correction tools keep trying to take out the apostrophe when it's correct. So I write, let's talk Apple. They want to take the apostrophe out of let's talk Apple. It is It is a contraction of let us talk Apple. Apple. So it's correct. And it said, it gave a suggestion. It said, consider changing to let's. And then later I saw it take an apostrophe out when the apostrophe was correct in it's. It was it was a contraction of it is and, and it, it tried to take no it out. Context. Yes, it's no, appalling. Machine learning is not going to so, help us. It's got so it's not, much smarts. Not so much with the learning. I also have uh, I use Grammarly. Uh, oh yeah. Which, by the way, its main job is it tells me when to put in commas and take out commas. So I, it's an even number. I put in the same number of commas I shouldn't that I should add. So I just do what it tells me. But a whole lot of other times, it's like no, that's not right. Mm. So. Mm. 
Anyway, I think you might have wasted your next one, or do you want to just throw that one in? No, we can go on to your next one. <laughs> okay. Height. Height is not a word. It's width, length, height. Really? Height. Not a word. Who are you? Oh, I'm we almost skipped done. some. Did oh, we? We've got yeah, we skipped oh, a whole oh, bunch I skipped of way rants. over. Oh, that's okay. Well, let me finish this one. All right. Height. Not a word. Okay? That's yeah, it. Who says that? It's not a word, people. Everybody. It's not a word. Oh, I don't say it. That's just crazy. All right. So you take your one that uh, about Liz there. My cousin Liz is she used to be an editor of for National Geographic, right? She was she's very good. And she's a beautiful writer, beautiful editor. And I saw her this week. We had dinner. And she would have joined right in on this this game. It's not a game, people. <laughs> it actually matters, but you take my point. And I heard her say, I can't even remember now because I was so flipped out. It just erased the memory of what was happening, disrupted consolidation, which we've talked about in a previous Crushing of Dreams interview. And she said the word impactful. It's not even really a word. She said impactful. And I carefully put down my utensils and said, Liz, do you realize what you just said? And she said, I know I've got to get out of this government job. Look what's happening to me. It's ruining my vocabulary. Help save me. So. Oh, that's funny. I mean, it was bad enough when impacts was a verb. Impact. Then it was like impacts. And now it's impactful. And I just, I've never gotten over impact as a verb, let alone impacts and impactful it's just like so this what could, is the impact can we just leave it at that oh so you don't even like uh this is going to impact his performance no. you should no. say affect right yes and it's affect what not is effect the in that case by the way wait no it's effect what what is the effect yeah it's effect yeah sorry affect is a <sighs> is emotion yeah sorry that was close or it's effect like it's not the noun so <laughs> i know no, anyway so the can I throw trainings in there? Oh, yeah, and learnings. It's, and learnings. Oh, my gosh. My son, Kyle, goes out of his way to say it to me because he knows it irritates the living daylights well, out of Well, as They're it should, because it's not even a thing. But it, learnings is worse. Trainings is bad. Or learnings is just, yeah, I know. Well, get it's out all, of my house. I'm tell- yeah, it's absolutely. In fact, you know what? Christmas is coming. I'm going to ask for Christmas that he stop saying trainings. Can you throw learnings in there, too? Yeah, just for fun. Because you might switch to that, right? It's like there are reasons that there are already plural words, right? So just (laughs) stop it. Stop it. I like it. Learnings. Really? What are the learnings that come out of that? You know, that's what I have to deal with at a meeting. It's just like, what are the learnings that come out of that? You should hear. You know who should be here? Devin should be here. Really? Oh, yeah. Because she'd be going right in. She'd be all in on this, too. Oh, nice. She's like, that... Learning is a perfectly nice word. Why don't we just use that? <laughs> okay, Dorothy suggested... I'm skipping all over the place. I've okay. lost our place. Dorothy suggested one that bothers her, snuck versus sneak. Oh, yeah, she so did. We we talked about this outside of the gym this morning with Steve and, and Dorothy, and there's a whole series of these. It's sneaked, not yeah. snuck. It's dragged, not drug. Drug. Steve says drug. And Steve is going to listen to this and feel bad. Okay, good. Steve. Well, we've all... Actually, no, you haven't confessed ever making any mistakes in these, have you? I've confessed a bunch of them, like the whole semicolon issue. I Well, when I... That's why... 
I did indirectly by saying we should give people a break when they're speaking. <laughs> Just in case. Um, my last, <laughs> The last one in that series, though, is it's awakened, not awoken. Yeah, there is who no says such word. Awoken? Oh, everybody. I was awoken everybody by the alarm but clock. Me, Allison. Really? No, I was awakened by the alarm clock. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. Right. All right, you had one right above that. That's oh, that goes with cannolis. <laughs> cannolis! Oh my god, I'm gonna throw something. This is doing throw it. Throw a colonoscopy at me. Uh, this is actually really, really important. Data are plural. <laughs> so let's just. In fact, let me just stop. Uh, truncate that sentence. Data are <laughs> not data is. Data are. And the worst offenders, as far as I can tell, are people who collect and analyze data for a living. Really? Just really? like data. And well, maybe those are the people I hang around. Is data datum? are. What is the this? singular? Yeah. I, but I don't say that because that makes me sound like a tosser. So I say data point. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so how I get around If you want to be singulars, that. go with data point. Yeah, I, okay. yeah, data point. That's a data point. But these are data. Yeah. Wow. Data set, data point. Data. Data are plural people. Show me Do your bit. them their data. Do your I like bit. It. So I do want to give, uh, I'm going to let you rant here at the end, but I want to tell you the way to deal with people like like me and Marianne. Uh, when Just you talk do to what us, we say? <laughs> no, that would no? be that would be hard oh, because there's so right. many rules, right, okay. that we're upset about. Yeah. Is just say things completely wrong. Back to my friend Eric, where we would add the S to uh, to uh, save on and take it off of Ralph. Uh, the other one he would do is he would say irregardlessly because <sighs> it's regardless and not irregardless. No. And ir- so he would just take it out that extra length and throw the L Y on. So irregardlessly. No. Yeah, just do stuff like that to make the top of our heads blow off. No, no, <laughs> no. I see that all my things haven't synced. Is that the past tense? Sunk? Sink, sunk? No, no. Synced. Not, <laughs> not drug. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to make this point because I went to a, some years ago, I went to a talk by the guy who ran the Oxford English Dictionary. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's it's the big British dictionary. But it's more than that. It's a, a collection of the history of words. So you can, if you have a subscription to the Oxford English Dictionary, typically through a library, you can. it, it will tell you the first occurrence of a word or sometimes even a phrase. And and the first documented or in print occurrence and it's it's fantastic. Hmm. So, actually, one of my most uh, uh, a point of pride is that I have an entry in the Oxford English Dictionary in the OED because I provided them with the earliest example of the phrase authority figure, which what? comes from yeah, it comes from psychology, um, and so that's what they do. So if you looked up a word. Like, uh, what is the history of the word? I don't know, pencil. Then you could see its first known recorded use and its origin and other words that flow from it and so on. Right. So it's a whole entomology or etymology. And now I can't know because one is friggin' insects and the <laughs> other is words. So I'm sure I think actually. Ent- I think entomology is bugs, right? Yeah. So the ones with antennae. Antennas. No. But Whatever. So it's the history of words. This is we just sidestep things we don't know, so we don't know. No, no, I'm wrong. Entomology is the history of words. Etymology must okay. be the other well, one. Well, I can't even remember what I just said, but I'm sure I was correct. And 
So no, no etymology. I think it autocorrected. Oh, all right, all right. Well, still, I'm sure I was correct. So what <laughs> I learned, what I learned in this uh, talk, and it was fabulous, is that as part of the settling of the United States, Noah Webster, he of the dictionary, decided that uh, as as that that language and spelling are political acts, can be political acts. And so what he said was, we're a new country, we're a modern country, so one of the things we're going to do is spell differently from the British. And the British themselves had actually uh, spelled words, for example, words with a Z in them, like, I don't know, legalize, right? So... Right. Or a word like that. I'm not sure if it's literally legalized, but a word like that in Britain would have been spelled with a Z or Z. <laughs> uh, also, also wrong. Z. Uh, Sorry, Alistair. Yeah. Alistair is going to be. Alistair is like, he's already in the hospital from banging on his keyboard. I know you are, Alistair. He's already on Twitter, like hating, hating on us. Also, I know there's no Apple store in New Zealand because I live there. But anyway. Um, so it's like the word used to be like legalized. And then for some reason, uh, even before the U.S. was settled, uh, the British decided they would get all fancy. They were influenced by the French and changed a lot of Z's to S's. Oh. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. That's how that happened. But, but the I've, French never change, right? right. They're, they're no, no, real they, uh-uh, language uh-uh. is sacred, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, uh-uh. And so I think maybe, although I don't remember this, but it seems like it could be true, so therefore it must be true, that uh, also you start sticking U's in words like harbor and color and whatever, right, to be fancy. Right, right. And so Noah Webster said, you know, let's just spell words the way they're pronounced. Now, obviously, this didn't work all the way because things like cough are not spelled the way that we pronounce them. There's a great saying, why isn't phonetic spelled that way? Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, but for the most part, he was active in starting this, you know, painting this as a political issue so that we take take the O's out of words, take the U's out of words that we don't use. And, t- and if it's pronounced, if an S is pronounced like a Z, oh. then spell it like a Z. And that became a political act. And so a lot of a the- Rebellion? Sp- yeah. Oh, and so a lot wow. of the spelling uh, that we do in the United States- is over to Noah Webster and was a political act to say we're a modern country and we're going to streamline things. Now, I mean, clearly it didn't it didn't take as much as it should have. Didn't take all the way across the talk board. To those commentate and orientate people, right? Yeah, yeah. But I thought that <laughs> interesting. was really interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and some other countries. So, like, if you, I don't actually know what it is in the UK, but in in. In New Zealand, the word program is going to be spelled as a, like a program of study or a computer right. program, is spelled M-M-E right, at the end. Right, right. Which I, I can't do it. I oh, can't but it's do so it. fancy. No, I just want, I like, I like the color with a U. I sort of can deal with some of the S's. I love Harbor with a U. I don't know why, it just looks quite fancy and fits me really <laughs> but program. Fancy. But program, it's just needlessly, it's too long. I feel like, I feel like and it's And in Australia, they for- don't do it. I feel like it's appropriate, like for um, you go to the theater, you would have your program with MME. That'd oh, be okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ari, like Ari, I don't mind theater meter. <laughs> like I can, I can get, I can get behind that. 
Uh, For a second there, I thought you were referring to something I I told you earlier today that I don't know if I've told the audience. I read a lot as a child. I read much above my grade level. I read all kinds of crazy stuff. And so I I learned a lot of words as I was reading, and I had to learn how to pronounce them. And And I... when I was probably 40, I realized that the word A-W-R-Y, awry, mm-hmm. I knew the word awry, listening to it, but I always thought it was pronounced awry. I thought I thought those were two different words. Oh, I yeah. learned to say it awry in my head. That's pronounced harbor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought you meant when you said awry. <laughs> oh, no. But it's interesting, right? So like uh, there's some, it's interesting how... Things like spelling and language evolve for very different reasons. Sometimes it's just people, just collectively, you know, changes. And other times it's deliberate. And, you know, there are people who, like linguists will say, we're losing punctuation and, and well, apostrophes, right? Because usually you can, just like, why do you have away. to denote that it's a contraction? You know, already you already know it's a contraction and not just. Ooh, uh-oh. Yeah, see, I'm kind of torn between two worlds. I, I like the rules. I like to know the rules. I don't want to find out that one day you're allowed to end a sentence in a preposition. On the other hand, I don't want to be French and not let anything change. So Right, right. Well, I, I, I hope that we have... Uh, taught the audience that we are really annoying people to hang out with. We are really annoying. <laughs> really annoying. But uh, hopefully you will send in your pet peeves. If you missed yours here, please uh, uh, write it in our Slack group, or you could tweet us, or you could write in our Facebook group. You can send me angry emails, Alistair. And uh, if people would like to... Direct- Alistair's a hypothetical placeholder. Yeah. <laughs> might not be Al. You might, your name might not be Alistair, but it's possible. It probably is Alistair. But if people wanted to directly uh, annoy you, how would they? Uh, how would they tweet you? Oh, Doctor Lambchop. All right. Well, uh, Doctor Lambchop. What if we're wrong about some of these things, Allison? Oh, that'd be even funnier. By the way, I, I was right the first but we're time. Not. Entomology, E N T, is yeah. bugs. Right. Etymology with a Y, E N E T Y. That is words. Okay. So I wanted to clear that one up. But right. I'm going to cut us off. Some mology. We will have yeah. you back again sometime to uh, to crush some more dreams, possibly next summer. Excellent. Thank you for coming. Bye. Well, after we got done with this episode, I remembered what I was trying to say in the middle of this when we were talking about more and less and talking about potatoes and French fries and I couldn't come up with the right analogy. That's because the mistake I was really talking about was the difference between fewer and less. Okay, you want less mashed potatoes, you want fewer french fries. Less is is, you know, a, a continuous quantity, but but fewer is when you can count them when they're quantized. That's what I was trying to remember. Anyway, I'm glad I got that off my chest after the fact. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. This show is not supported by ads, it's supported by you. If you learn from the show or even if you're just merely entertained by the shows, please consider supporting the show. If you go to podfeet.com, there's a big red button in the top banner that says support the show. If you click it, that will reveal to you several ways to contribute. You can pledge a monthly amount using Patreon. You can use the Amazon affiliate link for your country. You can make a one-time donation using PayPal, or you can record a listener review, which is an awesome way to contribute. You can always chat directly with me via Twitter at Podfeet or email me at allison at podfeet.com. You can join the conversation in Facebook by going to podfeet.com slash Facebook or on Google Plus at podfeet.com slash Google Plus. 
Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.